You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey Sports presents Big Time Baseball with MLB insider John Heyman and former major leaguer Tony Gwynn Jr. Well, just when you thought the hot stove was cooling down, it heats up once again last night with Carlos Rodon headed to the Yankees. We got a whole host of things to get to. We haven't talked since the beginning of winter meetings, and a whole slew of moves have gone down since then. Let me welcome in my partner, John Heyman. John, uh, you were a pretty busy man uh, during winter meetings, and it hasn't really stopped for you, even after you've gone home. Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, uh, eight out of the nine Top players on the free agent market are now signed. We still just have Dansby Swanson left. He's in an outstanding position, obviously, as the yeah. lone superstar left standing. And um, he should do quite well. number of teams in there, probably the Red Sox, Dodgers, Cubs, Braves, his old team. But fast and furious at the winter meetings. Your Padres did big stuff once again. Not sure how they can do it, but uh, more power to them. And uh, – you know, those owners that want to spend, that want to win, Middleton in Philly, Seidler in San Diego, and obviously Steve Cohn in, with the Mets uh, doing great stuff to helping their teams. You got to throw, uh, you got to throw Hal in there as well. Steinbrenner, yeah, he's not, right. he, he's not just standing by and letting things happen. Well, we'll get to, to Swanson in a, in a, in a little bit here. Cause he's the, as you said, the, the lone really remaining superstar on the uh, on the free agent docket, but a lot of things went down. We'll start with Xander Bogarts because I think out of all of the moves, probably the most surprising. Um, Padres just I don't know they they they're printing money somewhere and uh, <laughs> they gave a they gave a, a truckload of it to Xander Bogarts, who I think is a, a fantastic player. I think he fits in very well. What was your reaction to to Xander Bogarts heading to San Diego? Well, the figure was a little bit surprising, obviously, and the fact that San Diego was able to do it. Um, you know, go back eight, nine years ago, remember when they couldn't afford to keep Chase Headley? Now they've yeah. got, you know, four superstars on the team. You know, that's as many yeah. as anybody. Uh, incredible job. Uh, they've obviously boosted the revenue, and they're hoping that the revenue can keep, keep pace with the expenditures. You know, I think people at MLB are not sure that they're going to be able to do it. They're probably going to lose money. Um, obviously excited that town. You're there. I was only there for a few days and was just in the hotel. You've actually been out in the town, so you know. And, uh, you know, it was exciting, obviously. We saw it last year. I saw it on TV, uh, all the great stuff that goes on at Padres games. And, you know, they're about to go to 23,000 season tickets and probably will sell out the season. I'm not sure that uh, – as I said, the revenue is going to match the expenditures, but I give Peter Seidler and uh, company credit for going out and doing whatever they can to try to win. 
how do how do you think that deal all came down? Because the Padres were were in on everybody. It seemed like they were in on Trey Turner. They were in on uh, on uh, Aaron Judge, and then they pivot as quickly as you possibly could because that all happened in like a three day span. They pivot to Bogarts, and as you said, in terms of what the market, it, it seems like they they kind of went over the top there but maybe they had to do so in order to get him in that Padre uniform. How do you think that deal went down? Yeah, well, I mean, from the Padres' perspective, they had that uh, 11th hour meeting with Aaron Judge. They knew it was a long shot. My understanding is they were willing to go to $414 million, a record for wow. 14 years. They knew that it was going to be tough to beat out the Yankees with a legacy, and it was already out there. that they were, San Francisco was at $360 million, and, uh, you know, they, they – tried to win him with uh, money. And obviously there's a lot to offer in San Diego. It's America's finest city, as you know, but uh, and they have a terrific team with great players, but obviously the Yankee legacy ended up being very tough to beat. They tried with Trey Turner, offering him 342 million, a million more than Lindor, 2 million more than Tatis. And, uh, you know, Trey Turner, as we heard all along, preferred to be on the East coast, uh, went to Philadelphia where he'll re-team with Bryce Harper hitting coach there, Kevin Long. So we knew some people from the Nats. And, you know, um, it was interesting that uh, A.J. Preller, uh, the most aggressive GM, went back after Turner. He tried to get him. As soon as he traded him, when he got there, he tried to get him back. Yes, for, he did. Forever. <laughs> and uh, even as recently as a couple of years ago, when he went to the Dodgers, tried again. And, you know, he usually can get his man because uh, they're willing to spend and he's willing to give up prospects, but never got Trey Turner back and he's got an 11-year deal now, so they won't be getting him. But uh, they wanted to get somebody great, and uh, they did. Uh, Xander Bogarts is a great player. Seems like they blew away the field. My understanding of the Red Sox were around $28 million a year for six years, not 11 years, so. Uh, you know, it wasn't very close. Uh, you know, I think the Cubs were in there a little bit, but uh, San Diego wanted to make sure that they got them, and they did. They boy, they have some. They have a lot of great shortstops. I'll say that <laughs> it's a collection uh, of, say, of superstars it, and shortstops. The the one of the main questions here in San Diego that I get asked a lot is, "Where's the money coming?" And and what I tell people is. Don't worry about where the money's coming from. Enjoy this while it lasts because right. it, it's hard to imagine it, it will last forever. And so, you know, being a, a, a San Diego in my whole life, uh, I, I, I'm going to take the road of just sitting back and enjoying it because uh, this is really something we've never seen. You, you, you brought up something that 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 I you're starting to hear a lot about the shortstops and, and how it all fits. The one thing that to every person I've talked to about Xander Bogarts, a lot of it, I mean, obviously he's an extremely talented player, but you hear so much about the person he is off the field and in the locker room. Um, that may have been part of the reason why the Padres felt like they had to go over the top because I know J AJ covets guys who are good locker room guys. And by all accounts, everybody I've talked to, John, Xander Bogarts is that guy. Yeah, he's clearly a leader, was certainly with the Red Sox. And, uh, I mean, you know, the fans are very, very disappointed in Boston. I think right now they're trying to lock up Devers. They need to do something for the fans. They <laughs> obviously yeah. lost Betts, uh, and now they've lost Bogarts. So they better keep Devers. A lot of pressure on them, and they're trying. And I think there's some optimism there that they might get something done. They're now 
considering at least Swanson to replace Bogarts at shortstop. That would be nice for the fans as well. And, you know, Boston doesn't always go by fan reaction, but at this point, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're going to have to think about that because right now the fan reaction is is rough in Boston. Yeah, they are almost in a similar pace that the Giants were going to be if they didn't end up signing Correa. We'll get to him in a second. I want to go back to Turner because obviously, as you mentioned, he turned down more money to play someplace where he was comfortable. Uh, you know, his wife is from New Jersey, right, right across the bridge uh, there next to Philly. But, you know, I think about this Philly offense. I saw them in, in, in the NLCS against the Padres. This has got to be one of the toughest lineups when fully assembled. When fully assembled. We know Bryce is not going to be there until about halfway point of next year. This is a pretty tough lineup to deal with. Absolutely. And let me just go on record, and I apologize to all you Philadelphians out there. Somebody, uh, I would take $42 million less to go to San Diego than to go to Philadelphia. So I, you know, every, to each his own. He wanted to be East. He loves Philadelphia. I mean, Philadelphia is fine, but uh, it's not San Diego. You know, it's great that he did it for his family. I admire guys who do that. Judge took yeah. less money. Um, I do think Nemo could have gotten more money in San Francisco, though that one's not as well documented. Um, I'm with you, Philly, to me, with Harper, probably has the best lineup. Dave Dombrowski strikes again, wanted a back-end pitcher, got a good back-end pitcher in Taiwan Walker, and uh, wanted one of the shortstops. Met with all four of them. They like Turner. Harper recommended him. Kevin Long, like I said, the hitting coach, uh, recommended him. He's a leadoff hitter. You can put Schwarber, who was the NL's leading home run hitter, out of that leadoff spot. I mean, to me, it's still incredible. Get that man, some, get that man some RBIs now. Jeez. I mean, it's incredible. The two home run leaders were both leadoff hitters this year. I don't know if that's ever happened before. And you're talking about RBIs. Judge still led in RBIs, even though he was basically a leadoff hitter <laughs> yeah. by the end of the year. So it tells you what kind of a season that he had. He did bat second a lot as well. But uh, Turner's, you know, a terrific uh, package of power and incredible speed. And, uh, you know, he's another one of these beloved guys who's always been a good citizen and uh, certainly had a fantastic market and uh, good for him. And the Phillies, uh, you know, they got a taste of it last year, got to the World Series with that great run, and uh, they certainly want to be back. Much improved team. Uh, To me, they're maybe the most improved team to this point. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, I won't give these guys as much credit for turning down, quote-unquote, less money because uh the, the money is, is is ginormous as as a guy who got to play in both san diego and philly i get it 
but you know, we'll 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 certainly see how how it rolls out. Now let's move to to Carlos Correa because I think his story might be the most interesting because of the situation the Giants were in. Right, they've spent really the last two, maybe three off seasons wanting to spend big money, and in the past, if they didn't have the guy that they wanted, they kind of just pun it almost and I don't know if that is by choice or that's how the market played out but you just got the sense talking to folks in San Francisco who cover that team they couldn't afford to do that in this particular free agent class there was so much talent there there were so many guys that they actually would fit their 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 organization they couldn't walk away empty-handed and boy they didn't walk away empty-handed at all I think they get this might be kind of cra- crazy to say, but I think Carlos Correa is is very is underrated in our game. I don't think he gets enough credit for the type of talent he is, and they and the Giants get a cornerstone guy that they can build around at this point. Yeah, I agree. Underrated. I, I think overall he's the best of the group. Uh, not underpaid. Uh, he got you know Scott Boris, the agent, got the max. I think at this point the cap had to be three hundred sixty million, right? Because that's what Aaron Judge got and. Judge yeah. is a, was the record holder, 62 home runs. You know, I don't care if he's a few months older or whatever. Uh, he's the face of baseball along with Otani. So $350 million was the tops that they were going to get. Obviously, it's a long deal, 13 years. Um, you know, San Francisco last year fell from 107 wins to a 500 team. Their attendance went down precipitously. Um, no, not sure of the exact figure, but quite a bit. They were not an exciting team last year, and they wanted to be interesting. Yeah. Judge was the perfect guy, obviously. You know, they had Bonds, home run record holder. However, he did it. He was he was he is the record holder, and they wanted Judge, who was from Northern California. I get it why that was their first choice. I think their offer was very good. Three hundred sixty million set the tone, and they knew that their chances weren't that great from the beginning, even if they had a great visit. And uh, this was a. Uh, Somewhat predictable result. I know I did my predictions at the beginning, and I had uh, uh, the Giants as the second most likely to uh, actually land Correa because of the possibility they weren't going to get judged. So, um, you know, I think it's a great move for them, and he's a terrific player. There's so many tentacles that that kind of play in, that that kind of attach to the Giants here, right? They are really for, I don't know, they had a a streak of sold-out, games for a long period of time that came to an end um, as that roster kind of faded Uh, the other thing that they had to contend with is that the Golden State Warriors and the San Francisco 49ers are all super popular in that city and if you're going to be the third team that's not bringing in anybody or or a type of player that covers butts in the seats you're going to be playing uphill And, and so they had to go out and make this deal I I I am a big fan of, of Carlos Correa. I think he is a fantastic player. And although I don't see him in the same light as Barry Bonds when he came over from Pittsburgh, I do think he's the type of player that you can build around and that is the right type of leader for that particular city and organization. Yeah, I mean, Bonds was the best player in the game. I mean, obviously, he, he became Babe Ruth uh, eventually in the mid-30s, but when he went over there, he was the best player in the game, and that was a terrific – I mean, they hired Dusty Baker. They brought in his dad, Bobby Bonds, to be a coach simultaneously. That was an incredible move. $43.75 million was the record at that time. You know, I was there in the Louisville uh, 
uh, hotel, old Louisville Hotel when that went down, and yeah. uh, that was quite a scene. You know, Correa is a outstanding player. I, I would categorize him as a superstar. I'm with you. I think he's terrific. You know, I mean, they're only a Barry Bonds is a generational player. He's not, you know, nobody's Barry Bonds. So, um, you know, if you're going to compare, that's that's a tough comparison. But uh, very good move. And I think what's interesting about Correa too is I think he's willing to play third base. We'll see how it shakes out. I'm not sure if they clarified that yet. Brandon Crawford is an iconic shortstop, probably their greatest shortstop in their long history. And he's got a year to go. He's been a loyal guy, taking under market deals. I think it's possible that Correa plays third base for that first year anyway, and he's apparently great at it. So uh, certainly teams were well, looking at a, him. The Mets were in looking at him, and that was clearly for third base, and he was listening at least for a little while. He he, uh, uh, Brandon Crawford actually uh, did a piece yesterday that came out this way that said that he has been told that Carlos Correa will be the shortstop, and he is going to be – he didn't say what position he was working on, but during this right. offseason and in spring training, he's going to be working on whatever that position is. Okay, my guess, yeah, my yeah. guess could. It, it seems like he could play. He could be good. He'll be good at short or third, in my opinion. He's he's got a great glove. So, yes, um, he, he the fact that they've, he, yeah, he he's on yeah. board with whatever Carlos. The other thing I, I'll tell you, say about Carlos Correa, that I I think he is, um, unfairly docked for, is he was really the only person aside from Dusty Baker in that Astros organization, the first year he took over that had to face the media as much as he did in terms of the scandal. He was really the face of speaking on it. And I think he gets right. docked on that because uh, really they're docking him because he became the face of it, but really he was the only one yeah. seemingly willing to talk about it. And so, right. you know, I, I think that has toughened his skin and it makes him a perfect leader going into this type of situation he's going to go to in San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a good personality as well, a good person. Obviously, that was a bad scandal. You know, it's at this point a long time ago. Uh, these guys yeah. were very young at this point in their career. Bregman was a rookie. You know, it's tough to blame the guys that remain. It's tough to blame. I mean, Verlander had just gotten traded over there. He's a pitcher. What's yeah. he going to say? He's not even benefiting. So um, I get it. I understand why. Other players thought that there should have been bigger punishments. I understand that. But I think at this point, we're probably moving on. Maybe not in L.A. Yeah. It didn't seem like L.A. was willing to do it. Of course, L.A. is not spending yeah. that kind of money this winter. No. I don't know whether they want to reset the, the their tax or do what. But, uh, you know, uh, it's interesting what the Dodgers do. They do a great job. And you, you got to think with them and figure out exactly. Maybe they felt the, that these players were going to be overpaid or paid more highly than they wanted. Maybe they're waiting on Otani. Uh, it's interesting to see the Dodgers kind of working around the edges. They are on the periphery of the Swanson deal of the Swanson. So we'll see, but it's been an interesting off season to see the Padres be enormous spender and the Dodgers really kind of working around the margins at this point. Yeah. That has my antennas raised in terms of them trying to get under that tax again. I don't think they want to, they want to overdo it once again to, to put them over. Uh, I got to ask you in terms of Correa, you think it was more the years or more the money or was it, or was it a combination of both to get him that, that, that AAV? Well, yeah, well, they, they, they use the years to get the AAV more reasonable. And I think there's kind of a limit at this point on the years, you know, uh, 
it, it benefits the team to do more and more years because you keep the AAV down and the tax situation better. And this seems to be a limit at age about 40 or 41. You know, uh, you know, San Diego was They're not going to get into 40. the mid 40s. Yeah, I mean, San Diego was thinking about a 14-year deal to for Judge. Uh, you know, if that had, if, if that had come close, I think MLB would have had to work with them and figure something out because he's he is 30 years old. So you can't really give a 14-year deal, and I get that. That's that's only fair. You got to you have to do it reasonably, and it seems like 41 is the cutoff. So that's where they got it. So we can get the 350. 350 did seem like the best number that he could do once Judge got the 360 and. Like these star players do, he got it. Not a not not a shock. Uh, you know, I you know going in, I had lower numbers for. We had an expert do all of the predictions, and all of these guys have beaten it, uh, beaten the predictions. He had Bogarts over two two twenty or something like that, so he had him pretty high, but not two eighty. And he had Correa around two seventy five for nine. And you know they've used the years to uh, to get the dollars higher. Yeah, shout out to the new collective bargaining agreement because that is why all these teams felt so comfortable um, opening their checkbooks. All right, we'll talk about Judd briefly because we've kind of already hit on him quite a bit here in this little bit of time. But Aaron Judge flies out to San Diego for that last-ditch effort by the Padres. But it certainly seemed like in his heart he was hoping that whatever the last number was, it was going to be the Yankees number, and that's where he ends up. Yeah, that seems to be the case now as we go back and look at it. And it makes sense. You know, they were they were the favorites yeah. all along. Um, you know, an iconic Yankee is not going to want to leave. Obviously, Jeter, there was no chance Jeter was ever going to leave. So he was always in a tough bargaining spot. Here, there was some chance. Some people said, well, the hometown team, the Giants, they could pay a little bit more money. Uh, but, you know. Yankee Stadium is the best ballpark for him. He's the legacy. He's going to be in Monument Park. He's going to be a Hall of Fame Yankee. It's good for him for the marketing. It's certainly good for the Yankees. And, uh, you know, I you know I don't like to give out too much credit. I get your point, but he did take less money uh, to go to New York. And, uh, you know, they, they have a better chance to win, too. I mean, San Francisco's done some great yeah. stuff, obviously. They've now yeah. gotten Correa. They had Hanniger. They've added a couple pitchers, obviously Stripling, Manaya. They were working on Rodon still, I believe, even after that. So they're putting in a, a, a yeoman's effort, give them incredible credit, but they're coming from a position of a 500 team to the Yankees were a 99-win team. I mean, a lot of that was judges' credit, but they did win 99 games. So, um, you know, it was going to be a lot to give up to go to San Francisco. I saw a clip uh... – I think it was last year, last offseason, CC Sabathia was was talking to Rodon after he had made signed with the Giants, and he was telling him how much he had hoped uh, that he would have signed with the Yankees. He said he would have fit perfectly. Well, it looks like CC's going to get his wish because Carlos Rodon signs with the Yankees six years, one hundred sixty-two million. Um, where was his market at? I mean, it, it, clearly there were some teams, more than one team, right. in on him. Um, but he goes to the Yankees. Well, I think the Yankees were the team that he wanted to go to, and I think the Yankees felt that. They still paid him a good rate. Obviously, it's a, a very good deal. Go back two years ago, and I can recall that Rodon got a $3 million deal to go back to the White Sox. So he's come a long way in two years. And remember, in 2021, he was not healthy the whole year. Part of the year he was not healthy. He was fantastic in 2021, got Cy Young votes. 
but did not pile up the innings last year. He really took a step forward. 178 innings, 237 strikeouts, 12 strikeouts he was good, per nine. Too. He set himself up to for this big deal, and he was going to get it somewhere. I think the Yankees were willing to go longer than some other teams. That six year is kind of what got it done. I think he had a lot of opportunities for shorter term deals with opt outs, with higher AAVs. You know, the teams that you heard were in it were the Cardinals, uh, the Twins. I still think the Giants were were in it. Um, not positive there, but uh, you know, I'm sure there were a number of teams looking around because I mean, at this point, he was clearly the best pitcher left. Now it's Nate Evaldi. Uh, who should do well, but he also has that qualifying offer like Rodon had, and that it's a little bit of a fight. Unless you're Aaron Judge or one of these superstar shortstops, it does affect your market to a degree. So um, we'll see how Nate Evaldi does. But I think that Rodon got the years, he got the team that he wanted, and uh, you know, good, another good deal for him. None of these players have been left holding the bag at this point. No, you know, no. Uh, Bassett did well with his even with a qualifying offer, getting over 21 million a year. So. I uh, got to think of all these going to be in that category as well. Although it's, it's a fight when you have that qualifying offer. Do you think, wh- where do you think the Rodon um, signing puts the Yankees in terms of their prospects for next season? Because I mean, judge was already a Yankee last year. So, and, and listen, you know, 62, 63, no, those, those homers are going to be, it's going to be tough to, to get to that again. <laughs> yeah, where does, so. where does Rodon, <laughs> put this Yankee ball club? Well, I think it's huge for them. I mean, he fits in as their number two starter. They have a great playoff rotation now. I mean, they were way, way behind Houston last year in terms yeah. of the pitch. Everybody was. I mean, everybody was, <laughs> right, right? Christian Javier was what? He was like a kind of a swing man almost. Right. I mean, he wasn't right. really in the rotation. Right. And he almost no hit everybody. You know, he had the lowest batting average against. Uh, Valdez was incredible. They had the Cy Young winner with Verlander, who they've lost so I think the Yankees have closed that gap because Houston lost Verlander and they gained Rodon, who fits in there right between good point. Cole and Cortez. Severino's a good four starter. Montas, if he gets healthy and adjusts to New York, Herman, they're in, they're in good spot right now. They have a terrific playoff rotation. And if they don't do a little bit better than get swept in the, uh, uh, in that ra- round by Houston uh, this year, uh, you know, Yankee fans aren't going to be too happy. But yeah, I, no you were right to add them and how their winners, uh, you know, I did my winners column and I had San Diego, the Mets, and Philly. I did it yesterday. If I did it again, I, I'd have to put the Yankees in there because they did bring back Rizzo and Judge and now they've added Rodon. Right. So they're doing right. great. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Uh, let's slide to the other team in New York. Uh, Steve Cohen continuing to crack that checkbook open. He brings Verlander in on a shorter deal, bigger AAV, two years, $86 million. Brandon Nimmo, who it seemed like is, was a, is a fan favorite. They, they wanted him back. He's back on a, on a gigantic deal, eight years, $162 million. Um, I don't know where this puts them. I don't know where this puts the Mets. I mean, <laughs> you lost to Grom, you add Verlander. Yeah. So you can, you can call that a wash. Um, but they clearly lack something come playoff time last year. I know this team won 100 games, but it still seems like they're missing something on this roster. I, I can understand where you're coming from on that. Just a couple points. You know, I, I know people say that's a wash, and certainly DeGrom is younger, and maybe I'm the greatest. DeGrom is obviously the best talent among the pitchers. I'm looked at as the DeGrom detractor. He's led the league in only MRIs the last couple of years. He's got 150 innings over two years, and good for him that he got a five-year deal for $185 million, and people are dreaming on what could be if he stays healthy. He is the most talented I get it. To me, taking Verlander is probably an upgrade. He did win the Cy Young last year. He's won three. I know he's 39, so I do think they moved up there. It does feel like they might need a little more little more something in that lineup. They were kind of middle of the pack in terms of power, very reliant on Alonzo, did a great job last year. The Marte injury, uh, he got hit by a pitch, uh, missed the last part of the regular season. And that really seemed to hurt them. So it was interesting to see at the last minute, and the Athletic reported it, was that uh, Cohn tried to get Carlos Correa. And uh, incredible. I mean, we, we, we don't know where San Diego's money is coming from. We don't have to guess with, with Steve Cohen. It's out there <laughs> Steve in Cohen. The orbs, right? And he's got $17 billion. That's where the, they're losing money. There's no question. I believe they are actually losing money, the Mets. But as somebody told me, he could lose $200 million a year for 10 years. That's still $2 billion over time. He's got $17 billion. And I think this was the fear of some, a couple people, a couple of the other owners who voted against him coming into the game was that he was going to be able to, you know, really use his personal fortune and uh, play the game that way. And, you know, me as a reporter, I give him credit. It's amazing. We've never, <laughs> we see a guy... You know, Carlos Correa, had he signed him, let's say $30 million a year, he'd get, given him like a 10-year, $300 million deal, just guessing, um, he would have paid $30 million more for the payroll and $27 million more on tax. His tax bill would have been mm. up to $100 million. Now, I know mm. the Golden State Warriors are doing that, but, you know, and I'm not a – you know basketball, I really don't, but they tell me that, you know, you get one or two great players, you have a good chance to win the championship. It doesn't work 100%. that way in baseball. Anybody can no, win. It doesn't. <laughs> it's not guaranteeing anything. And they came from a position, even though they had 101 wins, of weakness because so many free agents, Bassett, Walker, DeGrom, all the bullpen, including Diaz, uh, you know, they were in a tough spot and would have to spend to, to stay in place. And that's what they've done. Now they've added Norvaez as the catcher, too. And who knows what else they may do, but uh, – you know, they brought back a very, very good team, but, you know, they're in a fight with the, the Braves and the Phillies in that division, uh, despite the highest payroll and the biggest tax bill and all that and all the credit goes to Steve Cohn, but still going to be a tough one for them in that division. I, I have a suggestion for the owners that didn't want Steve Cohen to join. I think they should sell their teams. I, I, I really believe that. After, 
after watching Peter Seidler do his thing here in San Diego for the past, right. I don't know, five, six years, I don't think there are very many excuses out there. It, it doesn't have to last. It doesn't have to last forever, to, in my right. opinion. You just got to give the fans something to hold on to right. for a three, four-year span. And okay, and you can start over after that. But, uh, yeah. yeah, Steve Cohen, I think owners like that are good for the game. It's, 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 it's really how I think fans imagine it should be. Owner takes over. He puts some money yeah. into the team. They go out, they compete, right. and you're in it every year versus the teams that punt from the very beginning. From the offseason on, right. they punt. It's, I, I just I prefer owners like Steve Cohen. Yeah. They don't have to necessarily sure. have 17, I, $17 billion, but at yeah. least go out there and try. Well, I'm with you. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's why I give Seidler extra credit. He's obviously a very successful man. But I, as far as we know, does not have anything close to $17 billion. I'm not ripping him or anything like that. I, I would say it about yeah. – uh, everybody in the country, but about probably 20, <laughs> 20 people, um, right. you know, uh, he's private equity, but uh, you know, I think most of the owners have up to a billion dollars or maybe up to $2 billion, but it is quite an advantage to have 10 times more money or 20 it times is. more money it is. than all the other owners. And, you know, I give Cone credit for using that power. I don't say it's a, a detract from or a detriment for him, but, I give him credit, John Middleton, same thing in Philadelphia, and certainly Seidler. But, you know, I can't expect there's going to be a lot of people like Seidler. I don't think there's many no. like Cone in the first place who are willing to spend their personal fortune. But There's one like Cone, and that's him. Right. And I don't think anybody's going to be like Seidler who's going to – I mean, they, they've done a great job with revenue. They've done a great job with that team. There's no football team in town. Everybody's excited, but they have a long-term TV deal that's set. They're not going to get any more out of that. They've almost – they. They, they almost sold out last year. They'll probably sell out this year. They're, they're, you know, certainly, you know, 20, 30 more million dollars more or something like that. They can get out of the extra tickets this year. But yeah, I'm, I don't, I haven't figured out how they're, they're paying for this really. I mean, I really haven't. I mean, when you figure it out, let me know. I will. I'll let you know. All right, let's move to our, our last topic of, of the show. Uh, there's one remaining free agent out there. Dansby Swanson. His market is, as you said, is, is starting to shape up pretty well. Sometimes being patient can be a benefit. Sometimes it can be a detriment. It seems to be working in, in Dansby Swanson's favor, at least from what we were reading. Well, I got to say the guys who went early didn't uh, lose anything either. So it was no, there was no, no, they no negative to go early and uh, sign at the meetings and get the $280 million and the $300 million and now the $350 million. So... Uh, you know, Swanson's the fourth guy. He's, I think, a, a star. Uh, he had a great year last year. He might have had the best year of the four. His track record isn't quite what the other three uh, are. But, uh, you know, at this point, you're probably going to get a $200 million or more uh, the way things have worked out for him. And, uh, you know, I know the Braves are still monitoring. be interesting to see them pay him, you know, so much more than they've paid everybody else, you know. Uh, they, they might do it. They might stick with Grissom. They're a stealthy team. We don't know. Cubs certainly are interested. The Dodgers are still at least monitoring. Uh, you know, the Twins have been connected. And I think the Red Sox at this point are seriously considering. So those are the teams. I mean, you never know in free agency who may jump in. But that's four or five teams and one great shortstop left. There are other shortstops who can help. Iglesias, Andres, uh, Simmons. But, I mean, there's one star player in his prime and uh, 
Swanson's going to get a big deal. That's all I can say. I can't tell you which team, but it's going to get a big deal. What do you think about the Cubs? Do you think they could be a team in on him? Oh, yeah. They're in on him. Uh, they clearly okay. are. Uh, I, you know, they were in on Correa, but they weren't going to go to 350. I, you know, I felt all along. That was my prediction for him from the start was the Cubs. It's, but it's going to be a stretch for them because I, I don't think they – they don't, certainly don't want to spend $300 million. I don't know if they want to spend $200 million for anybody either. So, not sure. You know, if the Red Sox really get serious – you know they they could probably take them the way things are going, but uh, it's it's you know it's interesting it's interesting because the Yankee the Yankees the Braves have been able to get all of their homegrown guys to sign early, uh, with the exception of Matt Olson who came in a trade. Uh, Freeman who was a homegrown guy elected not to. Swanson was not a homegrown guy; he came from Arizona, <laughs> and yep. you wonder what's in the water in, in that organization because clearly Harris. Uh, Albies, Acuna, Strider, they more than Strider, right. they were more than willing to take right. the 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 under market deal. I would think most people would say at the time, right. and uh, right. and and they seem happy. But right. Swanson, Riley, you say Riley. Riley's yeah. another one. Yeah, Swanson, yeah. Swanson yeah. has been a little bit different for him. Yeah, and Riley, I got because he got two hundred twelve million dollars. Acuna, even though at the time it was some record for zero plus players or whatever, you know, I think Aloy Jimenez had gone over the others and he went over Aloy Jimenez. But with the options, to me, that was the regrettable one was uh, was Acuna. Now he got hurt and he was only average last year. He looked like he was going to be. And I still think he's going to regain it and be a superstar. That's you don't know, point. though. You don't know. That's a good point. You know, there's things happen along the way. Obviously, the Padres signed Tatis early, and he looked like the best player in the game. And things happen. It's a long, it's a long road. So you don't know. Oh, the, that and, is that is the risk. Yeah, you don't know. But Acuna at the time, uh, and, and I get it. Some guys want the security. I think he was the guy who had taken one of those loans that Tatis had. So. Uh, I get it. I, uh, you know, but uh, the Braves get great deals. You know, they, they wanted to get a great deal with Freeman. The Dodgers ended up getting the great deal with Freeman and they've gotten great deals with all of their guys. Uh, Riley, I think did pretty well, 212 million, but they, they're, they're good at getting deals. So at this point, Swanson does not look like he's going to be a deal. They're going to have to step out to get Swanson. Even if he's, you know, he's from Georgia, he just got married in Georgia, you know, you know, Cubs uh, are an attractive team, even though they're not a, a winning team yet. The Red Sox, uh, you know, there's there's definite competition. You know, and Swanson's has been pointed out many times is now his wife. They just got married last weekend. Um, Mallory Pugh is a soccer Mallory star Pugh. for the Chicago Red Stars, right? And the U.S. Uh, the women's team too. She's on, so she's quite a great player. I, I don't know whether that makes it a lure in Chicago or not, but uh, he's got he's going to have options, obviously. No, no doubt about it. Uh, congratulations to the Swansons, who, who, as you said, just got just got uh, married. All right, that's going to do it for our show. We'll await the Dansby Swanson signing at some point. I know it'll go down uh, sooner rather than later, but that's going to wrap it up for this week's edition of Big Time Baseball. You can catch us on wherever you sign or you get your podcast at. I'm Tony Gwynn Jr. For John Heyman, we'll catch you next time.